Hi, I'm Sade. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 100 of Shades of Bread. Ooh, it's episode 100. Uh, God, we've... How long did it take? Four years? Four years to get to yeah, it took episode a, it took 100? A while. Yeah, because, like, you know, like, there were long gaps. Um, like, not every... Like, this, there's an episode every week. Uh, sometimes we have breaks, and sometimes we have to take, like, multi month. Like, what was that break? Like, uh... An eight month break, a year break. You yeah, could say yeah. we are the we we are the world's foremost open source seasonal podcast. Seasonal podcast. <laughs> um, now now licensed. Actually, we've always been licensed. I don't know. Are we actually licensed under Creative Commons? I think we're licensed under Creative I, Commons. I, I, I don't think we've ever explicitly said uh, like what our license was. But uh... if you do sample me, um, you don't have to pay royalties for this podcast. <laughs> this is a royalty free zone. Oh my god! Okay, let's start. speak of like royalty. Uh, let's start with uh, with video games. We're gonna start with Chose's uh, little anime game corner. Anime sponsored, game corner, <laughs> sponsored by Face uh, Clan. Sponsored by Face Clan and Respawn, um, the official energy drink for gamers. Um, you might be noticing why didn't my Respawn come in? And then because I'm going to be honest with you, I realized that eighty dollars for a joke is a waste of my money, so I canceled the order. Okay, I'm going to be upfront with I, you. I was about to say, like the like, how much did it cost? In a, it would have been months? it would have been like sixty, eighty dollars to get all the respawn. How um, much in. respawn do you get if you? Well, I would have bought the starter kit, of course. It comes with the respawn branded cup. Of course, I could just buy the bags of um of rebranded Crystal Light. But why would I want to do that? Obviously, I'd want to get the respawn branded blender bottle, which is probably just a regular blender bottle with a oh respawn sticker thrown on it. Like, obviously, <laughs> I I cannot be the most efficient pro gamer if I don't have my you know it has to be brand branded. That's why that's why in this household we don't fuck with Amazon Basics. It's only Razer Pro Gear. And for the homies, they get the Astro headsets. <laughs> All right. Well, let's <laughs> the Astro headsets. Um, uh, so Fire right. Emblem Three Houses. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. They came out, came out this week. And I bought it day one on a whim. Because I was like, I, I've been looking for um, new games that will actually draw me in and not be like, you know, <clears throat> live service bullshit. Uh, although this game is a little bit live servicey, but not in a bad way. Uh, so I picked it up just on a whim. I've never played a Fire Emblem game before. Like I played a little bit of Heroes, the uh, fee-to-pay mobile game. And I didn't really like it that much because Nintendo's mobile games are super grindy. But this one's good. This is a good game. I have 12 hours in it so far, and I'm really liking it. I, I think that... For what could have been a really boring game, because let's be, it's a tactical RPG game, right? Where you have like units, you move them on a map, and that's not always the most fun to, per se. If like, if the gameplay loop isn't done right, they did a really good job with this. So essentially, the, the core of like the gameplay here is you have a calendar system, right? Where once a month, there's a major battle that progresses the story. And then each week, you can do four different activities. You can explore the monastery. You can hold seminars, you can do mock battles, or you can rest. And so what exploring does is that there's side quests you can do. Um, you can you can manually boost stats by doing stuff like holding a choir session with the students, or you can um, you know forge new weapons and, and do all of that work. You can also like eat 
lunch with one of your students. You can cultivate herbs and stuff when you pick Explore for a day. So it's kind of like the persona loop of like you, you do the school stuff, uh, and then like the like then you do the dungeon stuff, right? Like, so there's like uh, you don't have to though. That's you don't have yeah. That's you what can I heard. you yeah. can skip through it, and the game will automatically just pick choices for you. Yeah, but, but I think like that's the appeal of the, these games, right? It's like doing that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so how how do you like the characters so far? Like, what are your thoughts? They're well written. Like, there's there's not that much fan service in like the character design. Like, yes, is there like one or two bits of anime titty? Yeah, but like out of <laughs> out of a modern anime game in 2019, this is like no by far not an egregious like offense or even near misogynistic. Like, the characters are well written. Your character, you can either play as a um, male or female form of it. Um, Does that affect the story? Does that nope. affect anything? you? Can still okay. romance the same people and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But what affects what affects the story more are the three houses you pick, right? Because there's three houses you could pick. That affects it far more than the gender presentation of your character. And the thing I like too is that for the localization, the game doesn't say pick your gender; it says pick your form, and it's just one that has like a boxy, you know, mass silhouette, and one is a femme one. So it's like that's that, that was a nice touch I liked. But um, but with the rest of what you can do during the calendar, right? If you do like uh, lectures and seminars, that essentially is how you min max your characters, and you even and you can get really nitty gritty of how you structure the lessons to be, or you can just tell the game to do it for you, and it'll and based off of what um, class you have them set to, it'll just automatically try and boost those stats during those um, lectures. Which I I usually do. I'm not that wild about min maxing. I'm mostly on the explore days, just going around trying to date as many people as I can. Um, because the end result is you can have a tea party with them, and you have to. Uh, it, this is the most gamified dating I've ever seen in my life. It is like a mini game where you have 30 seconds to answer three questions, and if you get the right answers, you get the ability to have a free camera, and you can look around at all of their torso. Fully closed. And then if you if you leave the camera hanging for a second or two on specific parts of their body, it'll give you like quick time events. Um, which is per- it's it's as bad as you think it is. Um like that's this is the most fan service yeah, you get. Yeah, I don't really fuck with it. But it is the quickest way to boost your like support stats. Because there's like there's five ranks of support stats. Any and any um character, not all characters you can date, but any character that can get to an S class support rank, you can then marry them. So that's what I've been trying to do with the leader of the uh, of of the of the house that I had, and um, it's a it's a blonde anime girl. So of course, blonde anime girl. Uh, so like, which house did he pick? I picked the black eagle. Black, black eagles. Okay, so the red one, right? The red. There's there's black eagles, golden deer, and uh, blue lions. And I'm just looking at this, like the various characters over here. Uh, Edelgard is, is the yes, blonde. Yes, Edelgard yeah, is the one I'm course, trying to date. Of course, <laughs> But you can date the boys, though, and the other ones. Yeah. Like, you don't have to pick Edelgard, which is a nice part about it. Yeah. Okay, so there, I can like definitely see some of the tropes, like the RPG anime tropes, uh, like the shy girl and the, uh, I don't know, like the boy shirts dude with, with the muscles. I don't know. Like the... I mean, like, do you do you think there are a lot of tropes? Like, is is the tropes like overdone or are they fine? Like, is that- so do all the characters in each house like play to the tropes? Yes, but but they're it's like they're not bad interpretations of the trope, right? And more specifically, you could recruit people from other houses to join yours. You have to um, build your own character out to um, 
be in line with the stats that that specific person's class of that other house is is in, right? So if someone's like a, a mage, you can build up your character to be a mage, and then you can then, once you hit a high enough rank of being a mage, you can recruit them into yours. So you, I haven't really done that, but so you you're, you get like a stock set of characters, but then after a while, you can just cycle them out. And what makes it even more interesting is that there's two difficulty modes. There's casual, and then there's not competitive. It's like hardcore, I think. And the difference is between casual and competitive is that in casual, if you if someone dies in battle, they're just gone for the battle, but then they come back. Right. And in but hardcore, it, it, yeah, you if someone them. dies, they're yeah. gone forever. They're, they're, they're taken out of the story, which makes it interesting then because there's, there's certain cutscenes that I'm kind of interested in how it would work if someone died, right? Yeah, it's like it's like kind of like XCOM, right? Where like if somebody dies, then they're, di- then they're dead. Uh, all right, so that's so. How how do you feel about the the combat aspects of, of this of this game? Like the the turn, like sort of like the Persona style uh, strategic strategic combat. Uh, so I really I really fuck with it. It's on the mode I'm on on casual mode. It's engaging enough that I don't think it's ever too punishing, but it's not easy enough that you can just hit the auto battle button and expect to win. So what there you have enough varied ways of doing combat, right? Where so obviously you can always brute rush your way to the um to the end of the map and to the enemy base or the way that I like to play is you can split them off into two different groups. If you have pairings of people standing next to each other, you can then do combo attacks with both of them towards one enemy, which usually does more damage. And then you can find chests and stuff on the field that usually give you weapons. And what I like, too, is that they make it so that you can't spam like super powerful moves by giving your weapons a durability system. But they don't. But they don't break forever, right? This is in Breath of the Wild. If a weapon breaks, you just you can just go to a, um, the marketplace in the in the school you're at and get them repaired. And you can also upgrade them beforehand if you just get resources and, and all that. So like the weapon durability system is only really for in battle, right? Just to prevent you from using just spamming super powerful moves. It also encourages you to switch up the play styles that your different um, units have, right? Because you can you can build someone to be like an arch an archer and a mage, right? So you can have like a, a really kick ass bow and arrow, do some powerful attacks, and then do magic to fall back on in case that breaks during battle. So and like so this like so this is sort of like a board style game. So like you position your units, and then you issue commands, and then you can sort of uh, like like before you finalize it, you can like see what happens, right? It's sort of like uh, you know the game called. Uh, into the breach, right? Uh, it's it was uh, it was it was a game made by the developers of Aster Delight. It's like it's the similar style where you can like see the forecast of what's going to happen before you finalize the move. Uh, so it's more like uh, more like XCOM than than uh, more like XCOM than what I said. Persona, Persona is, is a little bit more. It's not it's not like the grid style positioning. Uh, so it's it's more like XCOM, okay, uh, right, cool. Yeah, and, and the game does it well too, right? Because some matches will be like half an hour, forty minutes long, but it always uses like a quick a quick save option, so you you don't you're not pressured into like feeling you have to get it all done in one sitting. Um, you also have like a log system and stuff, and on the casual mode, you have the ability to go back in time if you if you mess up a move, um, and then you can play some side missions to unlock more steps you can go back in time with. Which is pretty cool, and overall, like the the gameplay loop is just really good, right? Like there, there are plenty of games that do the whole calendar cycle, last day of the month, big story event happens, you know, prepare for it up until then. But 
this game lets you skip enough of it when you're bored of it and then come back to it when you're interested and and not make it make you feel like you've wasted time or you've missed out on specific opportunities right and the combat in the game also doesn't feel forced or or feel like or feel like it's ever too challenging there's always there's always a strategy or some sort of formation you can make to get out of the situation you're in right Okay, uh, so that's, that's good. So, what happens in battle uh, in casual mode when, like, when people die? So you just lose the unit until like, yeah, until the, the battle's over. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, and then you have to fight with the reduced. Uh, yeah, you reduced, fight with reduced okay. units. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, if the um, if the leader dies, though, that's over regardless. So oh, if okay. So if the leader dies, player oh, character can't die regardless. Um, okay. But the the rest of your units can. So what happens if in casual mode if the player character dies? Is it just like a return to base and then you just restart the mission, or is it yeah? Just- so it tells you you lo- you lose any items or XP you gained, and then it restarts the battle. Or you, if you have any more, um, go back in time slots. You can reverse like the past previous couple of moves to try and redo that specific one. Uh, I see, I see. So like, uh, so like a rewind sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh- so, how, like, what about like health? Like, do do you have to manage like you obviously mentioned durability, so you have to manage durability. Uh, so you also have to manage like, what do you have like mana or health, or is it? Like- yeah, so you have um both. So um, it's not like mana per se, but it's charges. Each spell, if someone has a mage, it's the same thing as like um the the attacks on weapons, right? Each each weapon, there's different wep- there's different attacks a weapon can do, and each one takes a charge from like say it has like ten points, right? One might be two, one might be ten. Yeah. So you have to go ahead and you have to manage that. But um what you can also do is you can hire garrisons to be attached to your units and those garrisons can boost specific stats. Um like one will allow you to rally up the person next to you to another unit and it'll um revive their health. Or you have one where you can have like two attack garrisons attached to two units you want to push forward with. And then you can have them do a combo like attack together with the garrisons that usually does critical damage. Yeah. Uh, and there's something called gambits, right? Uh, That's what it is. So gambits, yeah. Gambits, gambits is with the garrisons. Right? Yeah. Okay. So battalions, uh, you can hire battalions, and then they level up, and then you can use a specific, like, I guess, a super move. Uh, okay. Cool. All right. So I'm I'm getting an idea of the. Con- I'm just look reading the page on uh, like the Nintendo site. Uh, just reading all the. That's what I'm there. saying. Is I feel like I feel like this is a game you would enjoy because I mean not- I'm, I'm I'm already getting into Final Fantasy 14 and I feel like it's taking up most of my time uh, right now. So it's like I can't really do two games of like that that, that are like very engrossing at the same time. So like I'm focusing on Final Fantasy 14 right now, trying to get that sorted. Still playing through it, doing quests, uh, leveling up, doing the RPG stuff. So it's good. Uh, well so in this game too has a little bit of an online component but it's like auxiliary right so um when you make big choices there's like it'll do the oh x amount of players are doing uh, this why so it's that, it's, of players it's, yeah it's it's that uh it's that what telltale telltale used to do that right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like that it's, kind of stuff right yeah, it okay. just tells you when you make choices right what the rest of the player base did and when you're on battle as well the hot spots will appear where most people have died as like in, in casual mode as a warning, right? Of if you go here based off the color of this area, uh, see, it's, it's most, higher level. Yeah, okay. A majority of players have died around you. So you might want to proceed with caution. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. All right. So that's Fire Emblem. 
it's, it's it's just full price, right? It's yeah, uh, it's uh, full okay. full price. But yeah. I mean, based off the reviews I've read, it's like fifty two hours to beat the game. Plus, there's yeah, DLC I mean, coming and stuff. So like, yeah. it's definitely yeah, I mean, it's like definitely gonna be worth the money. But like, yeah, that's. It, it's it sucked me in the right way, right? It was like yeah. it's, it's it was it's fun. I'm enjoying it, and I just really need to get like these two people up to S class so I can marry them. <laughs> so I can. Marry. How do you feel about the like these like the story beats? Like, do do you like the world like the world building like the, the like sort of the overarching narrative? Like the, so uh, where I'm at in the story right now, and yeah. and no spoilers really, but no it's spoilers, like yeah. you're a professor, you're like the son of a mercenary who has to become a professor at this school due to like some circumstances of the student saving your life. So you're there, and then um, it's it's one of those mystery style stories where different random events start hap- happening right at the school, and then they all start leading into one overarching narrative. Yeah, which yeah, I think is like really yeah. it's, it's that's a very it's that's well. A, that's I mean that's a trope. That's a big trope. Like I see it in Final Fantasy fourteen. It's happening. It's already happening. Uh but it, I think it's, it's it works well for this. It works it, it works, yeah. It works if you do it well, if you ha- if you do the build up, like you do the character building and the sort of like slow build up and then the, the big events. Yeah. He's also too, I'm playing one version of the story, right? Because there's three different ones, right? Depending on the house you pick. Because so with the um Edelgard, the the lady who's the head of this um house. She's next in line to become an emperor, right? And this game does have a time skip midway through it. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so then the other one, one's a he's like a prince of a different country, and the other one's like maybe like some merchant prince or something like that. If I forgot, but you know, so there's the three leaders of the houses are all like nobility, and then there's a time skip that happens later on, right? Um, so it's sort of that. I imagine that the farther you get towards the end of the game, the more that the story changes depending on who you kept alive back during the school days and um and you know how your relationship with the person is going to be going into those leadership roles you know uh, i see i see okay so you got to play the long game okay uh makes sense uh so that's uh so that's fire emblem three houses nintendo switch right is that's the only platform right yeah okay yeah fire uh, emblem's a first party game all right yeah it's nintendo of course it's the first part i'm looking at the nintendo site it's first uh there's a poly- we're gonna link to a polygon review if you want to like get into like the, the details i would not this. read the kotaku review not because um i don't like kotaku but because it spoils the story really really that's what did, i heard did, really okay uh so yeah the warning there i guess if you, if you don't want to oh also spoiled. too um if you want one more trope there's an anime ghost girl who only you can see in here oh yeah yeah i saw that i saw that her name uh her name is is Sotis. yeah uh uh, of course. Oh, there's of course uh, like it's like the there's of course the president anybody else can see. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our our usual uh we're we're done with the anime core game quarter for now. Sponsored uh, by Respawn. Face clan. Why is what is like is face I know what face clan is, but like like they're a call of duty like Hold up. They are not just the Call of Duty clan. FaZe Clan, I'll have you know, is the premier gaming clan sponsored by Astro Gaming Headsets, now, now a subsidiary of Logitech, that you will find. Actually, I don't fucking know. I, I don't, you watch more Twitch than I do. I genuinely, I, I don't know shit. I, I, I just heard that. Like, the FaZe Clan is a name that I've heard. I just don't know. They also much. apparently did, like, uh, they, they finally have their first female join. Female woman streamer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Finally moving into 2019, I guess. Let's let's go. Yeah. Uh, Although right. she's like a 13 year old death girl, which is like dope. Okay, cool. 
Uh, so we have we have more Apple versus Qualcomm. Really, it's sort of like a proxy war, right? It's it's sort of like a cold proxy war right now. Uh, like the uh, the last update, as you all remember, I think we talked about it. Like uh, Apple and Qualcomm settled, right? All 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 lawsuits. The the Apple paid like uh, some amount to Qualcomm. Uh, they settled all the lawsuits, and then Intel decided that they they, they want they didn't want to to do modem thing anymore, so they pulled out immediately after. Uh, and now. Uh, Apple is acquiring Intel's 5G smartphone modem business for one billion US dollars. Uh, so it is a uh, majority acquisition. So like they're going to be bringing in uh, the 2,200 uh, Intel employees. So I guess uh, I guess they work for Apple now, uh, along with uh, you know the various IP stuff, pieces uh, and equipment, you know stuff like that. Uh, the the most important thing is probably the patents, 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 wireless technology patents. The seventeen thousand of them, apparently. Jesus Christ! How how does this even? Okay, uh, so Apple's, Apple is obviously trying to solidify like their entire. They don't want they don't want to depend on Qualcomm anymore. Basically, like after the whole Qualcomm debacle, uh, Apple just wants to make their own modems. Uh, probably. In like two, three years, maybe we'll see this sort of like the output of this. Like, I don't think like more developing modems is not like something we can do really quickly. I think it takes like a few years. Uh, sorry, the product cycles. Uh, so, so what do you think about this like little acquisition? Like, is this like is Apple gonna like completely get rid of Qualcomm? Like, is that like like not a not completely a thing that you can actually do yeah uh, i give it two years i say in two years time all all new iphones will be shipping with intel modems or i guess this new apple branded modems apple made modems um I, I don't think that they bought this just for any sort of like IP stuff. I think they bought it to actually completely move away from Qualcomm. Will they stop paying royalties to Qualcomm? Probably not. Probably not. But, but, but that they... doesn't matter to anybody else other than Apple. Uh, so like, so like, yeah, that's that's. I mean, Apple has been like slowly moving everything toward through its own. Like they've been designing their own chips, obviously, right? Uh, and then now they want to design their own modems. Uh, I think the iPhone Seven had uh had an Intel modem in it. Some some SKUs had the Intel modem, and some had the Qualcomm modem. Uh, and the performance was supposedly worse. Like allegedly, like well, uh, there there was there was measurements done that showed that the like the the Intel modem performed worse in the iPhone Seven uh, than the Qualcomm one. But it like it's, it's, it doesn't really matter, right? Like LTE speeds, like nobody's gonna get anything close to what those tests will ever will ever get. Like it's it's just doesn't matter. Uh, and and honestly, what what bear, what yet what is yet to be seen, right? Is if under Apple's own direction, will those chips get to significantly better, right? Because Intel's in general is like a mess of a company right now. Anyways, right? It's not like it's not like oh this division is particularly worse performing. It's like well they've also their chips have also been kind of stagnating. Yeah, so I, I I think that under Apple it'll probably 
since it's singular focus, right? It's chips for phones, chips for iPads, maybe, you know, their own branded, their own laptops, right? But not, but, but it's, that's like a specific use case versus IoT devices, every like general purpose chips. So that might make it come to market quicker and perform better than Qualcomm's. Right. Uh, so that, that's the news. I think, I think, I don't think there's much else to talk about in, in this particular, uh, is uh, except for that like do do these intel employees just like work at intel but like technically they work for apple i guess that's how that works probably uh all right so that's the app we want to talk about the other apple news before we talk about the samsung news uh this there was a there's news about series uh so so siri uh there was a guardian article about a uh, contract worker who told that Siri records sometimes records audio after mistaken activations, and then uh, they also use like they also have like something where they, they analyze a percentage of uh, Siri activations, rec- like recordings sent to contractors for for what exactly? Is the what what do they do with this? Like, uh, what's the purpose of of them? collecting those i think it's like for whatever uh, whatever i read this news because um google and amazon got in trouble for the same yes. thing a while back yeah yep. all, all i all i like the first thing that comes to mind is your calls are going to be recorded for quality assurance yeah, purposes i've heard that so many times <laughs> like every time you call some call yeah. customer service somewhere it's like yeah you get that um uh, but so yeah like this is the thing that's like it's it's, it's like a very very 20 problem like where you you say something uh you accidentally trigger the trigger the device uh the, the voice assistant and it, it it records something and it, that that what that you might get listened to by somebody else which you didn't intend to right uh and i think the part where this is concerning is that people don't know that apple listens to uh, well i'm not apples strictly but like people who work for apple directly contractors listen to this uh recordings for voice for training purposes or training uh i guess their voice like neural nets or whatever like that's what that is for yes yes i think how it works right abstractly it's like when um when you say hey whatever and then the home pod picks up in the middle of a podcast and then that's a false positive right because no command is actually issued that recording then will like likely gets attached like a, a quality score right or like an accuracy score. Uh, did I imagine face recognition systems are probably the same way? And then they likely have human reviewers who then, if the accuracy threshold is below a certain amount, it gets sent to them for manual review to then feedback what we're saying to improve the algorithm. Right, which um, is still Apple's, problematic because they never yeah, tell anyone about it. Uh, Apple says that uh, the audio is not linked to an Apple ID. But- but I don't think that's linked to an Apple ID doesn't mean that the, the personal information is not personal information. Like people can say stuff that's um, they didn't intend to be recorded, like or like personal information, like you know, like they're giving some details over the phone or like talking to somebody, some uh, like personal info. That's doesn't matter if it's not linked to your Apple ID because it's still very personal. I don't, but they also say that less than one percent of daily series activation doesn't. That's also another thing that's like that's the one percent doesn't mean much because how many how many serial activations do we have daily right like a one percent less than one percent might mean literally like I don't know like 
thousand millions like like how many like how many of that um so that's that's another thing um what like how do you even like how do you start to solve this problem like it's like you just make make the voices then more less prone to accidental activations or do you like uh just like discard like uh, like i don't know how you deal with this you ask for explicit permission Right, Explicit permission there, for what? To for exactly. for for the recordings to be listened to, right? Exactly. Okay. That, yeah, that's so that, it. You, yeah, you'd that's, be like when you're setting up. There's already twenty thousand fucking prompts, and you set up an iPhone, right? There needs to be just what I'm like. Why not one more that says, "Hey, we sometimes some random guy named Chad will listen to this while wearing like a blazer for no reason." Uh, cool. Do you want Chad to listen to your recordings? Yes or no? And then if not, tough shit, bro. So like yeah, so like a so like a like a like you know how like uh you can you can choose to send like quote unquote metrics right to Apple like uh, anal- like app metrics of device usage and whatnot like you like during the setup process it asks you right like if you want to send that this should just like yeah this should just be like this should be included in like metrics because this is really is that like it's just like metrics right like you do you do like it's in the same vein as metrics if you if you don't want to send it then you don't send it. Uh, so that's that's the uh, Siri news. Uh, so let's let's talk about the last thing, I guess. This is, this is the this is a fitting way to end this episode, I think, because uh, we're going to be talking about something that is uh, for the second time: the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Uh, Samsung says it is going to be relaunching in September, uh, and this time they say uh, they were they have they have redesigned a lot of things and fixed stuff you know like they put uh like uh the the top protective layer of the, of the display has been extended beyond the bezel uh so that it becomes uh like it's apparent that it's an integral part of the display structure and not meant to be removed like okay um additional reinforcements right like they got like the top and bottom of the hinge area such so, like like is this still is this like uh, why was this released that early like why was it released when it was and then everybody was like it's broken like and now it's going to be released again in September why not just wait till September like why was this necessary like why was all this necessary um if there's one thing I've learned um, in being alive for 23 years <laughs> is why didn't we wait is like the one question that always comes back, right? Yeah, it's like, like a 2020 like, hindsight problem. Like in general, right? Like, yeah, bro, like, like you when... wake up, you have breakfast, and then it's like three hours later and you're like kind of hungry again. And you're like, fuck, I could have waited an hour to eat and like and now I wouldn't be hungry. Oh you know what God. I mean, right? Like yeah. from like shit to that to this, like in general – why, why didn't we wait? Why didn't we wait? Like we we could have waited, and then and then sometimes on the wrong shit we say, oh, we can wait. Like with like climate change, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yep. um, we wait too much. Yeah, and I'm not saying folding phones are the tech equivalent of climate change. Yeah, that's but but <laughs> Samsung totally could have just fucking waited. Yeah, they're going to wait until September, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you get something, you get like a new box, and then you're just trying to unwrap it because um, I'm not going to make any fold puns this time, actually. I'll try I'll try and be and not do that. But but in all seriousness, so I I think the structural changes they're going to be making with the fold now look good. Um, obviously, we still need to iFix it to like beat the shit out of this phone just to see how, how it fares and actual abuse. 
and, and like not even just like abusing the phone per se, but like regular wear and tear of it just as a thing in your pocket. And what the the kind of changes they're making here make it even less likely for any f- foldable phone that has the screen on the outside to actually properly function. Because it just sounds like in general that even with like this being and this is like the the one that we all thought was the best idea just because even though it doesn't look sexier, like from a practical standpoint, of course, you don't want the screen. You want the screen to be protected. And this one's having these many issues like does not make me feel comfortable about the Huawei one, which I don't even think is launching now due to all the trade issues that they're having. Yeah, the Huawei one is probably just just like on the on the back burner. They have other issues to deal with, probably. Um so I'm looking forward to the. If this is gonna, like if this is going to be a mess. This is going to be a whole other round of everybody laughing at Samsung. But if this is a mess, it's going to be a glorious mess, and I'm going to enjoy laughing with them. Yeah, and it'll still cost two thousand dollars, by the way. So you know, so you know, it's not going to be cheaper or anything. That makes sense. So if if you are thinking to yourself, I want a Galaxy Fold. No. What if instead you gave money to poor people? Are literally. You know what? Just, 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 yeah. Just, just go to a charity and donate that two thousand dollars. Just don't, please, just don't buy a Samsung. Phone. Like that's like the, I, I don't know, man. Just, I mean, with a hundred, a hundred episodes of this podcast, and you remember that we went from like what was it, fucking covering tech earnings, to now just laughing at a two thousand dollar device that's breaking on rich people. Like yeah. I think, I think you know, um, I think, <laughs> I think it's it's a pretty. The past hundred episodes have there's been a lot of change actually. Yeah, that is that the a lot like over the what like how many years is it like four years, years bro? I was eighteen when we started recording the show. Jesus Christ! Yeah, LA. no, no, I just turned nine. No shit, I just turned eighteen. So we doing it for five years. We doing this is two thousand fourteen. Well, twenty fifteen is the twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty. Oh no, we started talking about it in twenty fourteen. We started doing it twenty fifteen back when I was eighteen. Yeah, so it's yeah. Still- so like our first, like let's just like this is a hundred episodes. Let's just like look back. Uh, so like the first episode, obviously, not episode titled "Not to Sound Like a Valley Egghead." Um, <laughs> some things have changed, but like stuff like. Uh, the amount of shit talking uh, we do about the tech industry has not yeah, changed. I, like the like the uh, like I, like uh, we get, we'll yell at each other about hashtag brands, uh, and Sadik realizes he hates Google Chrome, which is true. By the way, I still hate, I don't like Google Chrome that much. Uh, we have like the first uh, episodes like Facebook instant articles. Remember that? Remember instant? They're still articles? there. They still exist. I don't think many <sighs> publishers use them, but it's still yeah. something that's supported in the Facebook I remember, app. Remember the John Gruber content blockers thing? Uh, this was, I think, when uh, iOS launched uh, content blockers in iOS, right? Like, there was a big deal because like, people would start making ad blockers on, on, on iOS devices. Uh, like, The Verge had like an article about the web sucking and like declaring performance bankruptcy well the web still sucks by the way so it's like you know it doesn't it hasn't changed all that much oh no this was the this was the first episode this was the first episode about after episode zero i forgot we did it yeah we started zero we started like a pilot yeah yeah oh my god ios 9 first look yeah okay uh episode zero and don't go listen to those by the way just just saying don't listen to those because uh quality is bad Actually, this is something I mean to talk to you about. How do you feel about like preservation and sort of like articles and stuff? Because obviously, I, you 
you and I think we've mentioned it before here, but you rebranded Asinine Tech and like wiped everything, like brand new WordPress installed. But I know on GitHub you still have the old stuff. And on my side, at least everything that I've written that I was able to find from like 2000 and let me go to chosa.blog and see how old from like 2000 and fuck, almost I think it's 10 years now for going all the way back. I have tried to get that on the um yeah, it was like 2013. We post going back to 2011, 2010, 2010, right? So I have stuff from basically the past nine years, decade of things that I have written, which would put me at like 13 up until now of like being 23 all on my own site. And like, I, I don't want anyone ever to scroll back and read all of it. But at the same time, I feel like it should, like it still should exist no, I mean, online. I don't think so. Right? Like, I, I don't think it needs to exist on. I think this is like the fundamental question of our, of our times is that like, be, just because we have the ability to archive everything doesn't mean we need to archive everything. Right. Like just because, just because you wrote something when you were a teenager uh, doesn't mean that, you know, people need to read it. To get a, like that's just I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's, that's like like you can you can you can archive like you can keep that for yourself. Like you don't have to delete it permanently. You can just like just remove it from the slide, but still keep an archive somewhere if you if you if you want to like take a look at it and laugh at it or whatever. But like like you don't have to present it to the world. I don't I don't think that's the, I don't think that's a fundamental need for anybody. Uh, so that's 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 my thought on it. Like hmm. You should be able to uh, like the mistakes of your past don't need to like haunt you until until you die. Like that's that's not like especially stuff like that's like not egregious at all. Like it's not like you did something terrible or something um, that should be like brought to the public. But it's just like stuff that happens when you're a teenager. You talk about stupid shit uh, on the internet. You, you, you like troll people or like you like you, Do you get blood. banned from Engadget. <laughs> Banned from Engadget, you 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 write you write uh, blog posts that 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 make you sound like an entitled tech bro, you know stuff like that happens. Like it's it just it just happens. I don't think it's necessary to keep that around. That's fair. No, I I get that. Yeah, yeah. That's just like it's it's counterintuitive as well to like how all of it's built, right? Because like for Mastodon to WordPress, everything's built to be there forever, right? WordPress is like built to be like super easily archivable and Mastodon, you know, there's never going to be an auto delete function because Eugen doesn't want that. But like, and if I'm looking back over like the past four years of this podcast, past a hundred episodes of this. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, does, would it ever make sense to just start at episode 12 or 40 or what was it? Which let me see. Actually, I have it. I have it on my computer. The one where we like the, the most, recent run of it which really can count as like the beginning of this pod right this podcast episode 12 yeah episode 12 so i have like from episode 12 all the way to episode 100 saved and i think you have from 1 through 12 on your end but i have like the source files and everything i, I have all the episodes yes i have all, all the like, i have all the episodes like the final copies of the episodes on like they're on the cdn obviously so you can like download and listen to them but i have like the logic files from yeah, episode you have, 12 you have, you are, well garage band for episode 12 through whatever but i have them like starting from there your base recording my base recording and i've just like been thinking to myself where it's like it's not that much storage since those i mean the the project's been getting bigger now that we care more about audio quality but it's more of just like damn there's there's so much just archival information and i 
it's not like a disservice to like the culture or anything right but it's more like i don't know if it's like a disservice to myself to just like delete stuff and without ever keeping a backup of it somewhere because what if what like I guess it's like the FOMO thing, right? Where if like if there is no record of me doing it and never happened, even though yeah, it's not actually I'm how even, that works. Yeah, it's like it's like if, if you don't record it, uh, like getting posted or whatever publicly, it never happened. I don't think that's yeah, that's that's like I think it's it's I think like a modern problem where we yeah, we, we have the ability to archive basically everything ever uh, and like put, like have that be public, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing all the time. Uh, it's good for some things to be public all the time, but not not other things. Yeah, because that's like, yeah, like because our all, I think our social media presence, like up yeah. until 2016, 2015 just does mm-hmm. not exist anymore. And hell, I think like, mine I deleted like 2017. my twenty seventeen. I deleted my Twitter account. That was that's gone. Uh, Google Plus is gone. Google all Plus, those plus is are rep- gone. Google Plus is dead. Not because I deleted it, but it just it just died. So it's it's gone. Um, I think at this point too, I don't think there's a single person who has any of the entropy net logs right from from beginning till now. No, because I lost mine at some point, and then I had to restart the logs. Uh, so I have the. I think I I might have the first day of entropy net saved on one drive in the archive folder because I, 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 at some point I copied that single log file into Dropbox. And then when I moved from Dropbox to OneDrive, uh, it's, it's there somewhere, but like, that's it. That's, that's all there is. I think that's fine. It's not a problem. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like anything bad, right? It's just mostly like mundane shit and all, and all of that. It's just, it's just, I guess, interesting from my end since like we objectively grew up online right like objectively so like there's so much of like from 2009 2010 until now that has existed online in some places yes exactly, and yeah. it just doesn't exist really anywhere it, it, it feels weird to us because uh, it feels like the stuff is that what that we did is was it's like actually ephemeral right it's like it's gone like it's not permanent like not, nothing is like even like wordpress blogs like you, you the database can go away and the blogs will go away. Like search engines might keep that stuff. It's like this stuff is ephemeral, right? And that's that's the I think that's the lesson. Uh feel like being ephemeral on your social media, I think is is thing I'm coming around to more. Like I used to be like, yeah, like everything should like every a lot of more stuff should be public than is, but like now I'm coming back to becoming more private. Uh like making my social media more restricted, more uh more lo- like lower volume, lower uh, like y- y- locking my Mastodon account so I can like vet followers stuff like that. Like, it's slowly changing how I look at like, uh, like I even changed out of email, right? Like I deleted every email to 2016 a while ago because I was like, why do I have 20, 30,000 emails that I'm never going to do anything with, right? Yeah, it's like, what are you like, going to do with those? Yeah, it's just it's like, not, do I really just... need a receipt from like a domain I bought in 2013? For what? At what what point in my life am I ever going to be like, fuck, I needed that receipt for when I bought Stipes.co the first time, right? Like, no, like, there's no point in my life that I'm ever going to need that domain and more important, or that receipt of it, more importantly, I just log into fucking Namecheap and pull it if I need to, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. people aren't yeah. corporations that we have to keep records of everything all no, the time. No, exactly. That's, that's, that's my thing. It's like, like, the sort of the, and, and the thing is, the I've been I've been reading. I read a book. I read a book called uh, "The Age of Surveillance Capitalism," 
by Shoshana Zuboff. And I think everybody should read it because the, the very thing you're talking about where, you know, how we have these long like social media histories and that, does be- that, that doesn't really benefit us in the long term, I think. It benefits the companies because it, it benefits them because they just have all that data that they, that, that the data is their raw material, so, so to speak. So it's like that data benefits them. So that's something to think about. Uh, so like deleting your own social media presence is 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 your prerogative. And think about who it benefits to keep that stuff up there. Like, is it is it actually you or or your friends or your family? Like, is is it is it like somebody you care about? No, it's probably probably social media giant. That's. Uh, that's feeding on your data basically so yeah uh so that's my take yeah that was like um <laughs> what was it there's a beats one interview with tyler the creator right uh, about like igor and the interview guy asked him like well do you think like odd future show would be chronicled and then tyler was like what i think what he said like a really pertinent way of looking at like that sort of um the sort of like everything's forever online it's like where it's like they got famous off of their first idea right as so as like a 17 year old and it's like 10 years later it's like is that really important to keep online does it does 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 your first idea need to be the one that stays around forever right like does it how does it yeah, does it does it haunt you forever like is it if it's yeah that's that's the thing so on that on that note i think we should wrap this up <laughs> this 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 has been a good tangent i think that was a good tangent uh episode 100 uh, as usual, you can find us on twoshadesofbrand.com. And that is also a historical thing. The domain name, twoshadesofbrand.com, even though the podcast these days is called Shades of Brown, when when we first started, it was called Two Shades of Brown, right? Uh, so that's how that works. Uh, we st- I think this, keeping the domain name was a good idea. It's just it, like, as a big deal. So it doesn't break links and whatever. Uh, so yeah, you know, we got to keep our SEO game up. <laughs> SEO game. It's like the... All right. Uh, you can contact us at contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. You can find me on Mastodon at StandingSafe at mastodon.zombocloud.com. And just where can people find you? You can temporarily, until who knows what, find me at josephine10forward.social. Yeah, everything um, is ephemeral. Everything <laughs> is ephemeral. And, and with, with, <laughs> with that, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> 